0: I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel according to Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7, that can be found on page 965 in the Pew Bible. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts, good things, to those who ask him? Thus far the reading of God's word. I invite you to turn now in this Forms and Prayers book to page 252, Lord's Day 45. We come to part in the catechism where... It addresses prayer, prayers of gratitude, how we are to pray, particularly paying attention to the Lord's prayer. I will ask just the questions on page uh, 252. Congregation, why do Christians need to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who continually and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thank him for them. How does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself to us in his word asking for everything he has commanded us to ask of him. Second, we must fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in God's majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of Him? Everything we need, spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord Himself taught us. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we pray that You would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. What the Spirit of the living God is teaching us, Your people teaching the church of Jesus Christ. May you, O Lord, instill in us, revive in us, a life of prayer, a life of devotion to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer is one of the most essential and necessary disciplines of the Christian life. In the Catechism, Lord's Day 45, it explains why we need to pray, how we are to pray, and what we are to pray for. Why do Christians need to pray, the Catechism asks? Answer, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit. I want you to take note of that phrase. Because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who continually and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thank him for them. I would also like to add this. That the love of God drives us to pray. The love of God drives you and me to prayers of thanksgiving. And we have seen and heard the love of God in past sermons in the evening. And we would do well to meditate and reflect upon the love of God and how the love of God shapes, directs, focuses our attention in our prayers to God, with thanksgiving, and to glorify Him, giving praise to His name. This evening, we're going to hear a sermon on prayer from Matthew chapter 7, the the scripture text that I read, and the notes are there for you, but there are a number of prerequisites of prayer before we look into this text, and the catechism draws this out too, for us, First, in Christ's name only we pray in humble faith. That's the first thing we need to understand and know. If anyone wants to pray, we must first know that the that we must come to God in Christ alone and with humble faith in him. A lot of people pray. A lot of people pray. Your neighbor probably prays in one way or another. But how do we pray in such a way that God hears us, welcomes us, receives us, answers us in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. That's why I love that hymn, Before the Throne of God Above. (laughs) You want to pray? You know know why you pray that hymn? reflects beautifully and biblically why we pray and are able to pray in faith in Christ. Secondly, in Christ alone we are children of God and we call upon our Father who is in heaven. That's another prerequisite. In Christ alone I come to God as a child of God and I call upon God as Father, Abba, Father. I can call God Father because of Christ the Son. So let's just meditate on that, right? That we can call upon the Creator of the universe and not just call Him Creator God, but call Him Father. Abba, Father. Papa. And because we are children of God, by the Spirit, we have been brought into a living fellowship and communion with our Father in heaven. Third prerequisite, in Christ alone, the communication lines, therefore, between God and man are now open. Your line of communication with the divine, with the creator, who is now called Father, that line of communication is open to you. And it's only been open to us by our mediator and intercessor, Jesus Christ, who now sits at the Father's right hand. He's even interceding for us. I would say that these are pretty important prerequisites to Prayer. It's it's something that we need to really think about and consider as we come before God in prayer, in our daily walk with the Lord, in our devotional time, our prayer time. That these are the things that are going on. These are the things that are needed when I approach God. Having said that, all those prerequisites there... And there are others there noted in the catechism. Let us come to the text now of Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Here we have the command of Christ to pray. In the form of commands, Jesus calls God's children. And remember, this is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount how to live as citizens of God in God's kingdom, as God's children in God's kingdom, pray this way, ask, seek, knock to your Father in heaven, because your Father in heaven welcomes you into his presence. He delights, he delights in the prayers of his people. In the Old Testament, they would offer incense in the temple. And that incense was incense of the prayers of the saints going up before heaven. And when you think of incense, you, you think of odor, smell, a nice pleasant smell. Well, the prayers of his people are a pleasant smell, odor to God. He loves it when you, his child, run up to him as you see a child run to daddy or mommy and embrace them. God loves when his children run to him in prayer and offer a fragrant offering of thanksgiving to God. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. What does this mean? When Jesus says, ask, he's saying, ask the Father For your needs, he's ready to hear. His ear is attentive to his child and his child's needs. And Jesus promises that whatever we ask, it will be given. But what's our problem? What's our problem? You ever say this to yourself or maybe pray it to God or say it to another person? Well, since God knows everything, even my problems and pains and suffering, my sins, I don't have to ask Him because He already knows. And therefore, I don't have to pour out my soul to Him. But congregation, dear one, God desires, He delights when you pour out your soul to Him. Yes, He knows what's in your heart and what's on your tongue before you even ask, but prayer is for you and for me. Prayer is the fruit of dependence upon God our Father through Christ the Son. It is dependence upon God and not ourselves. It is a a thanksgiving offering to God. It is the fruit of faith in God, through Christ. And Christ calls us to ask the Father for your needs. And not only to ask Him, but ask without doubting, as He says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 to 23. Listen to what Jesus says there. As they passed in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to Him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Do not doubt when you ask. And what is Jesus saying here? Jesus often uses language, what's called an hyperbole or an exaggeration. And so what he's saying here, what is he exaggerating? He's making the point that if you believe without doubting, God does the impossible. That what's impossible for us is not impossible for God. Ask. And it will be given to you. Ask without doubting. And your Father in heaven who hears you will answer. Seek. By the way, before I get to seek now, I will talk about those needs and wants in just a minute. Hang in there. What does that look like? We'll get there. Seek. To seek is to ask and search. When you think about seeking, you're searching for something. To seek means, literally here, this word, to get to the bottom of a matter or issue. And so you're asking God in your prayer particular needs that you have. And you're searching, you're seeking God in prayer. For example, this is a person who asks God for help to defeat a particular sin in life. And he searches for the Lord's help in God's word and the community faith. In other words, he prays and he puts his hand to the plow and does what he needs to do to put to death sin or to, to seek God's grace and mercy in Christ. He doesn't pray and then sit back on his hands and do nothing. I think a, a passage that is helpful for here is when Jesus talks about tearing out your right eye or cutting off your right arm. The person who asks and doesn't seek is the person who will not tear out his right eye or will not cut off his right arm. In other words, he does not take extreme measures to defeat a particular sin in his life. He's not telling us to cut off limbs or body parts. Again, he's using that rhetorical device called hyperbole or exaggeration go to extreme measures ask God pray ceaselessly to God and then when you seek seek God's grace and help through the church through the community through a fellow Christian having an accountability partner. you're putting your faith to practice you're not sitting on your hands The believer who seeks will find or discover God's blessings. He is eager to show his blessings and shower us with his blessings. It takes faith to seek because the person of faith knows that God will bestow his grace and spirit upon his children who ask and seek. Grace and spirit. Grace and spirit. That is our need. That is our greatest need. And I want to unpack that shortly. Hang in there again. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. To knock on a door means that the person desires to gain admittance into someone's house, someone's abode or whatever. just He wants to gain access into something. And Jesus is saying, knock at the door. Knocking on heaven's door. (laughs) Knocking on the door of God's heart. And when we come and ask, seek and knock, when we knock, it will be opened to us. Because God is ready to bestow his grace and spirit upon his people. And it is the person who knocks persistently. You remember the parable of the man that had guests coming over and, and he had no bread and he goes to his neighbor, he and his household were his kids were asleep and his family, his wife's in bed and, and he's knocking on the door persistently and he's begging the guy for food. He's got guests over and in that culture and day, if you didn't have food on the table, it was rude. By the way, the same applies in an Italian household. So if you just to give you a heads up there. If you showed up in an Italian household there was no food, you got a problem. And so this guy wanted food. He needed help from his neighbor. And his neighbor gave him food because the guy was persistent. He pleaded. He knocked. Jesus commands us to pray in this way. Ask, seek, knock. How are we doing in this department? How are we doing in our Christian life? Are we asking? Are we really seeking? Are we knocking persistently? In other words, do we really want the grace and spirit of God to change us? Do we really want what we really need? Maybe that's a better way to put it. Jesus says elsewhere, even James says, you ask because you you do not have because you do not ask. And James says in James chapter 4, you ask, but you ask wrongly. You ask to please your own desires. Ask, seek, and knock, brothers and sisters. For it will be given to you. You will find and the door will be open. God's heart will be opened to you. His grace and spirit. Secondly, the expectation of answered prayer. Wow, this sounds pretty bold, doesn't it? The expectation of answered prayer. Yes. The expectation of answered prayer. Because this is what Jesus is saying here. He says, for everyone. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. You ask, seek, and knock, and God will answer. Jesus assures us that when we ask, seek, and knock, we will receive, we will find, the door will be opened to us. Christians, when we pray, we know that our prayers are being answered, that our needs, our great need of grace and his spirit are being answered. Jesus elsewhere says this, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. In other words, believe that you have already received it. And it will be yours. Is that not expectant prayer? Expected answered prayer of God, from God? Isn't there an expectation of answered prayer for those who pray to the Lord in faith? Pray and live your life as if you received it already? After all, you've you received the grace of Christ. After all, you received the Spirit through faith in Him. You have the blessed benefits of God already in you. You've already received, but God, I ask and seek and knock for more. Lord, I want more and more of Christ. I want more and more of your grace. I want more and more. Because I need it. I need it. I need the grace and mercy of Christ daily. How many of you ask God to answer your request, but in your heart you're saying, quite frankly, I'm not quite sure that you'll answer my prayer, Lord? I've been fighting this thing or that thing for years, been praying to no avail. I've been praying for patience, but I have impatiently been waiting for you to answer. Jesus urges us to ask without doubting. As James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Well, what do we pray for that God will answer? And the Catechism talks about this for physical and spiritual needs. Our spiritual life and our physical life. And so let's look thoroughly at the provision of our Heavenly Father. at Verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? You can insert there good gifts instead of good things. That's an adjective there. Good things. If, if you who are evil, Jesus says, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your good Father who is in heaven give good, give good gifts to you? He argues from the lesser to the greater. And in the analogy, the Son comes to the parent or the Father. And Jesus says, you who are evil, you give good gifts to your children. But your Father in heaven, how much more will he give you good gifts? Are there parents who abandon and neglect children? Sadly and tragically, yes. But God never neglects or forgets his children. His provision abounds to those who come to him, who ask, seek, and knock like little children. Isaiah 49, verse 15 and 16 says this Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, your walls are continually before me. Or Psalm 27, verse 10. Very powerful verse. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. God's provision, your Father in Heaven's provision, is rich. It is deep. And it abounds. And He provides our daily bread. He provides everything that we stand in need of for life and godliness. He provides everything that we need for a spiritual journey to the heavenly Jerusalem. And now we're going to talk about the practice of prayer. And this is where I want to bring it together. When we talk about needs or wants. I think I have needs versus wants. I don't want to say that. I want to say needs or wants. Are we praying for needs or wants? The dictionary, I looked in the dictionary, and the dictionary defines needs as a condition requiring supply or relief. The lack of the means of subsistence, or that is, the lack of those things that are essential to existence. That's a need. Those things that are lacking, that are essential to existence. What is the most essential thing needed for us, for our existence? What are they? needs are those things that pertain to the spiritual life and that are essential to the physical life, for the spiritual life. We need God's grace and spirit. Now we're getting practical practical here. To help us on the journey to heaven, we need God's grace and spirit to assure us daily of his promises to us. Because we often forget and do not remember. We're slow to hear. And so we daily need to be reminded of His promise and assurance that He loves us. He forgives us in Christ. And that He is with us always, even to the end of the age. We need His grace and Spirit to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. These things are at work in our lives by God's grace. When we come and ask, seek, and knock, we come with that need of more to grow because it is God's will for our lives that we are sanctified. It is God's work and will in our lives that we grow up in faith, grow up in Christ, that the fruit of the Spirit continues to grow and that is our need because it has eternal value. These are the things we ask, seek, and knock for. Young people, for example, if God calls you to a vocation that requires you to go to college, you need to go to college. But you have in your mind a certain college that you want to go to. Okay, And you're praying, Lord, I want to go to this college. Is it a guarantee? It's not a guarantee that God will ordain you to go to that college. But what you pray for is patience. That's your great need. Lord, grant me patience and wisdom in the process as I ask, seek, and knock. for your will in my life. As I ask God, God, help me to be patient and exercise wisdom and understanding and knowledge in the direction you are leading me. May I not have a bitter spirit. May I not be unkind or unloving to my neighbor. Help me to face the uncertainties of life knowing that you are in control. Do you see the difference? Yes, I know that this is the vocation God is calling me to. But where I land, the school I land to land on, is secondary to, to the attitude of the heart, the spirit of the heart. That is our greatest need. Seniors, when you pray, Lord, what do you want me to do in my retirement? I've retired from my vocation. Lord, how do you, you want me to spend my retirement? Help me, oh God, to exercise wisdom and understanding and patience, to use my life the life that is remaining to glorify you. These are the needs of our lives. This is what we need. And when we focus on the need, God blesses and answers where you live, those things where you want to live or where you want to go, they're important, but they're secondary. It's the attitude of the heart, the need of the heart as you are praying through decisions that, Lord, Lord give me what I need. Give me what I need to show forth the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I remember when The Greens were going through their trial and, and um, they would post the reports online. And what was their greatest hope? What did they want more than anything people to pray for? That the fruit of the Spirit would be manifested in both of their lives so that their kids would see Jesus in them. Did did she want to be healed? Yes. She desired that. She prayed for it. We prayed for it. But the greatest need, my kids see Jesus in my suffering. How about the physical life? God gives us everything for the physical life. We pray for food and shelter. We pray for our physical health. Even physical healing. But we also know that this life is a mist, but a vapor. And so we pray for what we need. Food, shelter, clothing. Those things that are essential to existence here on earth. I found myself praying. I don't know if it's because I turned 50 or what. But I found myself praying something of this sort. Lord, when the time comes, help me to suffer well. Help me to suffer well in my physical trials, weaknesses, and sufferings. Help me to honor Christ in my body. Help me to honor Christ in my life. Glorify your name in my body, whether by life, or by death, because that I believe is my greatest need. Whether I'm 10 or 100, life is but a mist. What matters now, my need is more of Jesus, my need is more of sanctification, my need is to be drawn to God through Christ and to live for Him. And I dare to say that's all of our need. So if you face the uncertainties of your physical life, ask for patience and suffering. Ask for courage to endure. Ask that God will be glorified in your body. Seek him and discover his promise of presence and care in your life, even in suffering, and he answers. That's what we ask, seek, and knock for. And he answers. Because God provides our needs. A person may want to live a long life, but what he needs is eternal life and spiritual healing. What we need is not a long physical life, but a life lived in service to Christ our King, whether he gives us 10 or 100 years. What we need is not a long physical life, but a life lived that exalts Jesus Christ in our bodies and blesses our neighbors with the good news of Christ. That's what we need. That's what we need. My body is for the worship of, and serving and glorifying of the one true God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. and he has given us his gifts of grace and His spirit, spirit to help us to that end. Lord, grant us your gifts and spirits. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 18. Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. You'll see there the section, to live as Christ. We'll begin there. This is, this is the passion of Paul's heart. He knows his need. And this is, all, this is nearly like a prayer here. Yes, and I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ it will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will be, not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh that means fruitful labor for me. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And his greatest need, his greatest desire was to magnify Christ in his body. I'm just going to close with these few comments here. If we find that our faith, if you find that your faith is stagnant and weak, the first thing you and I need to do is this. Ask yourself this question, how is my prayer life? how is my prayer life? It's one of the first questions you and I need to ask ourselves. How is my prayer life? Because many Christians are stagnant, stagnant in faith and weak in faith because their prayer life is weak and stagnant. Or when we ask, we ask wrongly to use it for our passions and desires, as James says. And so we need to heed the call and command of Christ to ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock at the door of your heavenly Father, because he delights in your prayers. And we have a Savior, and intercessor who prays for us, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we go to God in his name alone, resting upon his promise, that when we ask, seek, and knock, we will receive find and the door will be opened to us. The door of God's heart is opened to his people. Amen. Father in heaven, we pray, O Lord, for a living, active faith. We pray that you would bestow upon each and every one here your spirit and grace that abounds your spirit and grace that brings about sanctification and renewal of life. May our thoughts, may our hearts, may our bodies be given over in service to King Jesus. And may you, O Lord, make us to be a people of prayer who indeed ask, seek, and knock. Not desiring those things of the flesh, or desiring those things that will bring pleasure to self, those worldly pleasures and desires, but those things that please you and glorify you, and are are for our good. Oh God, we thank you again that we can come before our creator God and bring our prayers of thanksgiving, our requests to you through Jesus our Lord,